This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. Remember Brandon. Brandon, it's better late than never. And how are you? I'm great, Josh. Yes, indeed. Time. It is a flat circle, as they say. Uh, we were away doing some travel in New Haven this weekend. We'll touch quickly upon that. But yeah, where is our FPL? Uh, we have a break coming up this weekend for the FA Cup, which is going to lead into a lot of our discussion after game week 27. Um, but yeah, you were saying to me, you took a day off of Twitter because it's it's hard to tell what the conversation is other than like mild panic and depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like a lot of a lot of anguish over uh, over Man City players that people had or didn't have. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of like early chip theory, like. You know, like, when am I going to use all my, my free hit chip, my wild card? When am I going to do all that stuff? Um, all of which all is, that stuff, all that stuff. Well, it's like it's like a million different conversations. All, <laughs> yes. around, all none of which can be resolved because we don't know when the double, you know, we don't really know who's going to play who in any of these matches yet. Josh, so. I was I was watching a little bit of Rick and Morty uh, not long ago, and there is lots of talk about infinite universes and infinite mm-hmm. versions of yourself. Yes. And that is what chip theory is. It is an infinite uh it's an infinite level of possibility. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking recently about just how difficult the FPL game is compared to like your normal draft game. Like I like the challenge of it. Um, like I sincerely like it. I think it's fantastic. But uh, there is something to be said for just like having your own players, right? <laughs> just like not worrying about the chips so much. It's just like you just got your guys. You're like you're you're on the waiver wire. Um, you know, but sometimes it's like, oh man, it's like, I kind of maximize my chips and, you know, it's like only one person in a, in a, in a, in a draft league could have Sané, you know, only one person's game, last two games would be destroyed. It'd be a totally different thing. Right, right. All right. We have tons of questions to get to, but first, yeah, this weekend we were in New Haven for the Yale soccer conference. I hope everyone listened to our great interview with 
Tyro Aruda, who is the founder of that conference. We had a great time. So big thanks to Tyro. Also, big thanks to Pierre Moussa, who is the producer of NBC's Premier League coverage here in the States. We did a great interview with him, which we're going to be sharing with you guys in next week's episode. Also had a great time hanging out with our friends Jazz and Tilo, Bruno from Upper 90, and also, of course, Leo and Kieran from ESPN. And probably the biggest thing we did, though, Josh, with concern to always cheating when in New Haven was we finally cracked open a couple of Stephen Toomey's Two Cheaters Ales, Stephen Brood, especially for us. At the end of this episode, we have uh, a little podcast we recorded (laughs) while cracking these beers open in New Haven. There was a lot of excitement in the air, too, because this came just after you had yelled at the Airbnb proprietor. And so I was that's going to ding my rating. Oh, for sure. You're getting like a two or a three. That was that was not good. Like that was (laughs) it was the yeah, you were it was a side of you. This must be, you know, director Brandon, like in your in your full time job. It was uh, it was terrifying. It was real dressing down. That's um, that's a window into my work life, <laughs> Ian Stimson, wherever you are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, I, I agree though. I had a really great time at the conference. Uh, I had a great time. We finally got a chance to try some some famous New Haven pizza, which uh, really was delicious. And I went to this place Indeed. called Bar in downtown New Haven. And and I'll just second what you said about Pierre Musa. He was a – he's kind of my hero now, I have to admit. I like – I kind of want to be him, you know, it's like, it's a little creepy to be honest, you know, it was really, it was fantastic. He was just, just a great guy and uh, gave a fantastic presentation there as well. So, um, you know, and we're both big fans of NBC's coverage of the Premier League in the United States anyway. So uh, just to get some, you know, like insight from the person who's producing those uh, was very fantastic. So next week's podcast we'll have, it's a nice long extended interview too. So we'll include that um, in next week's uh, pod. Brandon, game week twenty six. Uh, it it is completed. It is. Uh, it was another one with uh, with some high emotions. Um, you know, obviously uh, Leroy Sané didn't play at all. Um, I, the real the real story to me was the uh, Aubameyang fitness issue. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. there was a moment on Friday afternoon where I was looking at photos and reading discussions, <laughs> and it was that you know you know you're obsessed with something when you do the Twitter search. And yeah. instead of top tweets, you go to latest, you know, because there's like okay. two different ways sure, to sure, sure. You, And latest yep. is where like the worst, you know, if you want to see just the worst people on Twitter, you know, <laughs> go to that latest tab and search for something. You know, it's just all like it's just people saying horrible things to each other. And, you know, it's bad. Um, but mm-hmm. I was just I was so desperate to find out what was going on with Obama Yang. And it was like I spent like a long time on this. And I was like, answer, what am answer- I – I answer told this you on question the, for me. Yes, yeah. Go what, ahead. what made what made what made the Aubameyang thing different than the Jamie Jackson Aguero thing from earlier in the season, or was there well, no difference? Well, there was no, there was a difference because I mean, it was record. You know, I, I mean, Unai Emery himself said that that he was sick, and it looked by all accounts and by other reports that he um, that he had not you know trained that day and that he had not boarded the bus. So many of us, you know, who had waited until Friday to make a transfer, and many of us, I think both me and you, were planning on going Aubameyang to Aguera. I mean, Aguera yes. to Aubameyang. Yes, um, we were quite emphatic about that on last week's episode. I know. I felt I felt bad about that. I mean, but honestly, I mean, you, first of all, you don't know how anything, you know, it's like the butterfly effect or whatever, you know. It's like you don't know. Yeah. I mean, Aubameyang could have, could have annihilated um, – Huddersfield on Saturday. It certainly wouldn't. We have, here's wouldn't the thing: we can feel we can feel sorry for any listener who has no access to the internet or news source 
other than our podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> everyone, if, everyone else out there has access to the same, you know, uh, websites, Twitter feeds, so on and so yeah. forth. If you're and off I, the grid and someone downloads this podcast, puts it on a flash drive, gives that gives that to you, and then you put it on some kind of closed circuit TV situation, sure. then yes, I am sorry. And, and then you put a letter in the mail to ask your friend to make the Aubameyang uh, uh, transfer on your behalf. Then yes, we do apologize to you. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was uh, it, you know. So let, let's talk about our game weeks themselves a little bit, Brandon. Uh, I finished on seventy four points. Um, pretty, it, it was good. I mean, I, I'm not going to complain about seventy four points. It was you know, I mean, it was all it was all based on having Aguero uh, for that hat trick. Um, I you know, I, I feel like I'm 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 in that nosebleed section now where you really it really takes a lot to to move up. Um, and like nothing at all to move down. So um, I was I moved up to twenty six hundred sixty overall, uh, which is I'm not sure I've ever actually been this high like at this this early in the season. Um, so you know that's 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 pretty exciting. But it was only two hundred spots up from where I was before, mm-hmm. um, and that was with you know seventy four points. So uh, but what you know I think the real issue. And I'm certainly not going to complain about that, but the real issue with my team was uh, was just wolves. I got you know a total of. I was really kind of looking forward to this. It almost felt like a free roll. You know, I knew I had a pretty decent game week, and it was like, well, I've got Patricio, Doherty, and um, and Jimenez coming up. And like, if I can get anything from even one of those players, um, it'll be great. And uh, surely nobody, you'd get something. Sure, you'd think one return from one of them. You know, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. A yeah. I wasn't expecting goal. Patricio. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a Patricio um, save point. Let's say that. Yeah, but I would say of the three, I, none of them were at their best. Jimenez had one decent little run, but it just didn't have like any kind of accuracy in that match. And um, and you know, Doherty felt like he was kind of just he was he was really out wide. He wasn't. You know, they kind of moved to this slightly different formation right now, and I wonder if that just. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. It seems like he has to like cover more ground to attack than he did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then you know Patricio is just not very good. He's kind of like uh, I don't know. He feels a little bit like um, Simone Mignolet. You know, like okay. I, I feel like I mean yeah. Patricio. I know that he, he is a fantastic keeper. I mean, but he is in his you know mid thirties. I mean, that's kind of when Peter Check started to you know drop off a little bit too. So I just don't feel like he commands his box very well. You know, it feels like he doesn't come out and claim the ball or, you know, run out to sort of cut off the angle for a, you know, for a goal scorer and just all those things that like require like a little bit of speed, you know, from a yeah. goalkeeper. It's not exactly levels of Rio Ferdinand going to QPR uh, for the, for the twilight of his career, but there is still, it, it's always kind of painful to see a once great player sort of have their, their swan song and, and right. slowly fade away. And that's what Patricio is seemingly doing. He was, he was definitely at fault. It was um, just poor. The whole defense on was game. really. I mean, yeah. it, w- it was poor keeping. But I mean, you know, obviously, like there was a massive gap in that in that defense that was, that they exploited to, to score that. No, no one came off well in that goal. All right, all right. You're you're dancing around the fact that your transfer was uh, Sane to Son, and I sat yep. through an entire diner breakfast of you complaining about this move. And right as we settled up, uh, the check he scored a goal. So. 
uh, you had your moment in the sun there. <laughs> uh, you yeah. truly had your moment in the sun. This, was is, an this, unintentional is, a famous, pun. this is a famous diner breakfast. This is a diner breakfast where you and I are both like, yeah, we're not going to talk for like three days after this. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the podcast is coming out on Wednesday mostly because of that diner breakfast. So I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, we will. It was like a little too much. Yeah, a little too much fantasy. I, I, this, having this weekend off, I think, is going to be uh, restorative for a lot of managers out there. All right. I finished on 71 points uh, and yeah, decently happy with that. My biggest stumbling block was Matt Ryan uh, against Burnley. And it felt like Brighton had never played in the rain before and they didn't quite know to know how to handle that. Mm -hmm. Uh, On top of that, Chris Wood was just running rampant all over that back line. And uh, that was a, that was a bad beat. I just have not been able to get the goalkeeper rotation right at all this season. I am chasing points every week between Patricio and Ryan. I would have been more than happy with a two from Patricio this week. Uh, my move was uh, what was my move actually? Oh yeah, so my move was really boring. I dropped Lucas Dean for Matt Doherty. Mm-hmm. I jumped back on the Doherty train after dropping him in favor of Laporte. And uh, the Everton blank upcoming and me just kind of being scared generally of Doherty influenced that move and uh, more of of a defensive move than anything else. So uh, a small green arrow uh, breaking into the top 18K range, very much treading water at this point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, although turning water is not that bad, I think when you're in the top 20K, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's that point in the season where we are kind of biding our time until we start busting out those chips to punch through to the rank that we want to achieve by the end of the season. Yeah, and this is where um, again, it's, it's funny. I feel like I'm like I was paid by the draft league people or something to to to, to like with my commentary in this week's episode. Mm-hmm. But you know, there is, like the problem right now is that there's a very samey, very templatey team out there. Um, especially until uh, if Kane actually comes back in 27 or 28, then I think that'll start to mix things up a little bit. But right now, you know, there's a lot of people that have extremely similar teams, especially with. With Man United sort of coming into the fore, a lot of us were able to get those players, you know, very cheap prices. Um, and so it was – I feel like it's been hard to, like, really rise up the rankings um, the last couple of game weeks because you really need to have, like – you know, it's like the, everyone's kind of, like, rising and falling at the same – like, once you get up to a certain level, it's like everyone's kind of rising and falling just a little bit, you know, because the, yeah. the teams are so similar. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned Aubameyang was the big issue coming into game week 26. Jeff Waugh from Schma asks, I'm not sure if he meant this rhetorically or not, but I genuinely think it's an interesting question to ask. Jeff says, why can't the official FPL allow fantasy managers to make changes to teams after lineups have been announced up until kickoff? It would solve a lot of problems. This used to be the case with midweek games, but that functionality mysteriously disappeared. Can you make a compelling case as to why we're not able to do this? Um, I mean, I, I guess it's like server upload time or something. I mean, I, I mean, the problem is, you know, most, I mean, like, would you be able to change them before all of the matches or would it just be before the first match? Because, you know, that, I guess the first match, yeah. If I mean, the thing is, like, if you'd known that Marcus Rashford wasn't going to start, I mean, I, as was heavily rumored before that, I, I probably would have started him anyway. Right. Because if he was going to play 30 minutes against Fulham, I, I kind of want that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and in the end, I got one point from Juan Bissaka on my bench as, instead. So it was like, 
you know, worst case, it was a wash, you know, so. Sure, um, just as, yeah. as my final go with Leroy Sané, thinking, fine, I'll get, you know, upwards of 20, 30 minutes of him coming off the bench against Chelsea. Yeah. Little did I know, but I was would still have been content getting at least that much from him. So that was a bit yeah. painful. The real issue is that there isn't an American style, you know, injury report, which is like a very standard thing in, in American sports, right? You know how healthy players are in matches. And it's like, it's, it's basically for gamblers, I guess, but uh, it's, you know, gambling is an even bigger thing in the UK than it is here. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they don't do it that way, but you really just don't know sometimes, right? It's like, oh yeah, he's got a dead leg. Right, like uh-huh. yeah. not you know not not probably gonna play in this match. It's like, well, I I didn't know that on Friday. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't remember anybody talking about him having a dead leg. And uh, any, you know, I mean, like, and everyone's like, well, it's rumor, but it's like, you know, you don't, you don't know. It's like, you know, there's you, know, you pop on like you know page forty seven of fifty two on the Fantasy Football Scout forum, and someone mentions. Rashford's injury. It's like, well, who is this guy? You know, it's like just some avatar. You know, it's like, <laughs> how am I supposed to trust anybody who just says this kind of random stuff? Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, Aguero got injured in the warmups. You know, he's not going to play. It's like, you know, this, like every, before every single match, someone pops on and says accurately or inaccurately that so and so, some highly owned player got injured, you know? Yeah. And right. it's like 8% of the time it's true. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, it would be nice if like that, you know, that would be the fix I'd like to see more than the, the official football game changing. It's just having like actual injury reports about whether someone's questionable, doubtful, probable, um, you know, to, that would make decisions a lot easier. Yeah. I'm, I'm generally fine with the cutoff because I think it's just a very level playing field. You're going to have really bad weeks where you get burnt by it, but that's fine. We all agree to the terms. We accept them and, and, and we move on. Sure. Uh, all right, so we have one more question before we get to uh, the always cheating Super League and a few other housekeeping issues. Uh, of course, Game Week 27 doesn't kick off for more than a week. Rob Barlow wrote in and asked, do you have some kind of a Jedi mind trick to stop me from making transfers before next Friday night? Of course, a lot of people got burned on making that Aubameyang transfer well early on coming off of Aguero in the double game week. Uh, I... I that that being very uh, near the front of my mind, I'm almost definitely not making any transfers, not even based on market value until yeah. the end of next week. Uh, I, I don't th- I don't know what kind of trick to tell you other than just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that we both, you know, both of us got extremely lucky this game week in, in a sense. But I mean, that luck was born out of experience and born out of knowing that you always have to wait until Friday to make those transfers and you just ignore those those point one people really overrate the point one price rises and falls. I mean, I know, okay, I know every now and then it's like you have exactly the money to make that move. But, you know, in this case, Aubameyang was cheaper than Aguero. So it wasn't like you needed to move it, you know, move him immediately. So, I mean, you know, I think it was one of those situations where it was just like you have to wait. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was lucky only because of how extreme it was. I mean, you know, who would have thought that it would be so extreme that Aguero would outscore Sané by what ended up being what like 36 points or something like that or 37 i don't know i don't know what the math you know comes Wait, out to a, but. A, aguero versus sane over the last two game weeks 
Yeah. Yeah. 35 points, actually. 35 points. Right. Yeah. So that is that's extreme. You know, like it, it's, it it's like that is lucky. Like I, there's no point. That, in is, ex- that lucky, is a level know? of extreme that is extreme with no E. It just is extreme starting with the letter X, T-R-E-M-E. Yeah, like like the band. Except there's more than more than words, Brandon, to show you how lucky I felt. after that Mountain match. Dew sponsored sponsor that <laughs> points differential. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, and, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, I could, there was a lot of like why I'm leaving FPL type stuff popping up all over the place. And I, and I can understand that. I will say it's never as bad as it seems, you know, it's never like, I mean, you were talking, I remember you told the story last year about, you know, not having Aguero for, um, you know, he was, I he scored four goals in a match late last season. And uh-huh. I think I captained him. You didn't even have him in your team. You know, yep. and in the end, you know, I think you you still had a you know good season. So it was just like it didn't like you know these things do not like. There's just so many points available in so mm-hmm. many game weeks that even Aguero going out for 17 points, it wasn't like he was heavily captained. You yeah. know, even overall, he was captained by 10 percent of managers. But yeah. you know, most of that 10 percent are probably you know dead like inactive teams. You know, so yeah, um, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I do think if there was a little more price fluctuation or volatility with Aubameyang earlier in the week, I may have done it myself, but I definitely feel quite lucky. All right, uh, let's do some quick Patreon thank yous. Josh, you want to read through these? Yes, I do. Um, So I appreciate – okay, so we have – let's see, one, two, three, four, four. We have five new patrons, and we have a new Lord Sorloth patron, uh, Dag Tuvronigan. And mm-hmm. Dad Chirugan wrote I think sorry, he nailed Josh, it. in his name. But Dag, I think I, I pretty much hit that one out of the park. Sounds uh, like you were practicing that one off mic. I did. I read it a couple times earlier today to see if I could <laughs> actually get it right. Uh, we have a couple of new MB Connie patrons as well. Hank Ruff, which is a great name. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Core, very solid name too. Dave Perrins, solid name. Brenda, I think I have to say solid name for all these patrons now. <laughs> Sam Walters, also a solid name. Hank Ruff, though, that's the best. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so thank you. Uh, I mean, Dev to Vronigan is off. He's a different case, he's different Patreon tier. Though. Next level stuff, man. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you'd like to support what we do, uh, visit uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we had a note on Facebook from uh, Brent Nunkus, who's been a longtime Patreon supporter of ours, and he said, uh, you know, some patrons may not know that we actually have, you know, multiple different Patreon, Patreon levels. We changed a bunch of them, um, you know, at the start of last season. So um, if you're a longtime patron and you want to see what the other features are available, you know, are there. And I, I never, I never want to hard sell any, but in this stuff, it's like just, just supporting the podcast alone is so great. And, um, and not anything that we ever take for granted. But uh, if you do want to go check it out, you know, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Or if you just want to pledge for the first time, uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. And, you know, Brandon, um, we've, you know, I think we're about six episodes in now to our, our kitchen table sessions podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically, it's basically just a bonus podcast. So what we're yeah. going to try to do is just at any pledge level, you get two podcasts a week. You get the yep. regular podcast, which everyone's available for everybody. And then you get a late in the week um, Patreon, you know, exclusive podcast where we talk about our moves. We take questions from patrons. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, strategy heading into the next game week. Um, the response has been great on that so far. So, um, I think for that alone, it's, it's worth um, checking out Patreon. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for your support and always cheating patreon.com slash always cheating. All right. To the, uh, the rest of the world, always cheating super league, the most competitive league, I'm sorry, Patrick Van Anhalt, League mm-hmm. of Doing Bits. It is Super mm-hmm. League time. We mm-hmm. haven't run through the top 10 in a while yet. So uh, here we go. Let's do it. 
tied. We have a tie at number 10. It's Chris McCartney and Joseph Switalski. In ninth mm-hmm. place, it's Jorgen Yiski Ragvag. Well done. Uh, which is superb, super, superb name. Eighth place, Amal Chitalia. Seventh place, Adni Calderfoss. Sixth place, Eric Sandvik. In fifth, it's Richard Jenkins. Third place, uh, where do we get that skip? Oh, I guess because there's a tie for 10th. We have no fourth place. Very, very tricky, FPL. All right, so in third, it's Sune Jacobsfeld. In third place, Matthew Shannon. Wait, there's another tie? This is very confusing. So many ties. Uh, I, will, I did want to uh, shout out Richard Jenkins, who uh, reached out to us on Twitter and said, this is basically what his whole life had been building to, getting his name read out in the Always Cheating Super League. It's a man who has several kids, several doctorates, too. And uh, for for this to be – no, but you know, it was actually it – was, it was very sweet of him to just uh, that, to give us – anyone, you know, who gets the uh, – who gets a – gives a shout-out to the Super League on social media is, uh, is, a, is a permanent friend of the cheaters. All right. That was enough of a dramatic pause for the main event here, the top two in the Super League right now. In second place, a man who who seemed unbeatable a month ago, Miroslav Pujic. He's dropped to second place. And a new number one is Jason Mann, two girls, one clop. And he is sitting on a total score of 1,769. Well done to Jason Mann. It's never too late to join the Always Cheating Super League. We're uh, 6,000 strong and growing. Just go to alwayscheating.com and click the league tab. That's great. Uh, yeah, Brendan, I'm, I'm in 76th in the Always Cheating Super League, which I think in all the years we've done this is the highest I have ever been. Uh, it is so insanely competitive that even cracking the top 100 is like a massive accomplishment. So It's hard to do. Uh, yeah, congratulations to everyone in the top 10. Okay, moving on to rants of the week. Obviously, uh, a lot of people got burned, so let's hear about it. First rant comes football comes from football fever. Lesson learned. This is a fun one, Josh. Um, as non-Kolasinac owners. Football football fever says, lesson learned, never trust Arsenal defense. Second time in three game weeks that Cola lost a clean sheet. And now I will start my editorial in that not only did it, it's a it's a drastic understatement to say that Cola just lost a clean sheet, is it not? It was amazing. I mean, so you and I were actually in a panel uh, led by the Barcelona Board of Directors uh, or someone, a, a, a woman from it, and not the whole board. That would be amazing. Uh, but a woman from the Board of Directors. And because we are such fantasy nerds and this was taking place at like 1130 on a Saturday, um, which is, you know, through the for the 3 p.m. games in UK time, uh, I was obsessively refreshing the end of these matches. And um, yeah, at some point I looked down and I was like, wow, like. So Arsenal, like, they conceded a goal in the 93rd minute. It was like it was a Kolasnik clean sheet. It was it was incredible. I mean, it absolutely, like, ridiculously bad luck or uh, I guess well, it was, it was an, an, and, and the own squad. the own goal was the insult to injury there, not just the losing of the clean sheet. Nicola was looking golden heading into that 93rd minute with his assist and a clean sheet. And his yeah, bonus for points 12. and then just like totally wiped away. Just, just. Yeah, it was it was weird because this is a guy who steadfastly refuses to shoot on goal. It's like he like that, he he always looks for the extra pass. Um, it was mm-hmm. Unselfish to a fault, I would say. Do you um, think he watches was, the movie Hoosiers every time he's before mm, he steps on the pitch? That's true. I think it probably is. Yeah. Every player always, has to touch the ball before they score. Exactly. And he always points to the assister afterward. So <laughs> I think, um, yeah, but it was such a nice finish from him. You know, he kind of side-footed into his own <laughs> net. So it was maybe yeah. – 
Maybe he was just jealous of all the goals in the game. Yeah. All right, let's get back to some of those uh, wonderful Sané stats we mentioned earlier. FPL Osimo writes in with the rant. How do you get back on track when your whole season has been potentially derailed solely by picking Leroy Sané as your Man City double game week asset? We've got some stats here. So from game week 21 to 24, here's how the points shake shake out for Sané, Sterling, and Aguero. Sané is on 32 points, Sterling 22, Aguero 21. Then you get to uh, double game week 25 and then game week 26. Leroy Sané, one point. Sterling, 29 points. Aguero, 36 points. It is the it is in one way a complete inverse, in another way just um, – a horror okay. show for to- totally, totally. And I want to answer Osimo's question for a second, but I, I just, just to push back slightly. Okay. Just slightly. And I don't, I, not to be a jerk here. Okay. All right. But I mean, it was always a massive, massive risk not to go into a double game week with more than one man city player. Okay. It just was like, you, you you know, like in the end, I didn't even have the guts to do it. I, I was like, oh, I don't know if like, I want to do a cokey cokey. And even I was like, you know what? I need to have a Man City player because they're playing two bad defenses, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, you, you didn't even add Laporte here. I mean, Laporte finished on what, 20, uh, 31 points over the two game weeks as well. Um, so, you know, I think it was it was it was definitely bad luck. And it's it, it's it's incredibly bad luck how extreme the results were. But I mean, part of the reason to have two Man City assets or three was to spread out that risk a little bit, you know, yeah. because we all know that Pep's going to rotate a lot. So, um, you know, so I think if you had a good game week, you shouldn't feel guilty about it or bad. Um, you know, if you brought in Aguero, I mean, not that any of these people are really like bad mouthing the other managers or whatever, but like I know I was starting to feel a little guilty about it. And I was like, well, I mean, I did bring them in for a reason, you know, I don't know. So it's, um, Anyway, should we get back to Osimo's question? Now that I've like, <laughs> now that I've like been a total jerk about it. Yeah, uh, uh, it kind of feeds into everything that we're going to discuss throughout the episode. How you get your season back on track, or do you consider your season potentially derailed? Um, yeah, it's it's just a bad beat, particularly the triple captaincy on Sane, and it's a the, horrible beat. The, yeah. ri- the ridiculousness of the zero points against Chelsea. Um, <laughs> We have a question earlier or later on that I think we should just answer now from uh, our listener Jats, who says, "Keep or sell Sane." Uh, you know, we we can talk about replacements later on, but at this point, if you still have Sane, is this an asked and answered situation? He's got to <laughs> go, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, for now, I, I mean, you know, he's getting he's he's kind of like a form player a little bit, you know, like he's like a guy who can get super hot and then. You can't be a Super form cold. player when your manager won't even let you touch the pitch. Uh, I, I I agree with you generally, yeah. and I, I mean, we're, he, we're only three weeks removed from like you know two double digit returns in three matches. So I mean, it's not like you know. I mean, he had a goal and assist in the Huddersfield match, scored the game winning goal in Liverpool match. Uh, you know, so I mean, th- these are all like within the last five weeks. So I mean, it's not like I think he's just like done and dusted forever as a fantasy asset. It's just. He's in a terrible patch. I mean, I, I guess I, it's like a long way of agreeing with you. Yeah, I don't think you can have Asane. I think you've got to drop him. There are so many candidates to drop him for. It makes it very easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would I would consider burning four to drop him for Son. All right, so it's one thing to be burned by Sane by keeping him. It's another thing to be burned by Aguero by not having him. Kun Karam, who even has Kun in his name, says, 
I want to open a petition on introducing a new chip called Get Me Aguero In Now Chip. This will prevent me missing out on his hauls for one game week. My hero destroyed me. What do you guys think? What do you think about this chip? Get me Aguero <laughs> now. Okay, Brian, here's a question for you. Over the many, many years of the podcast, is there any single person that we've talked about more than Aguero? I mean, there's only one person that we've talked about so much that we actually had to give him an entirely different name (laughs) so that our podcast didn't get flagged as spam by iTunes. So uh, for for longtime listeners, you'll know him by the name of Brock Toon. So, yeah, yeah, (laughs) there's no one we've discussed more than him. Um, yeah, I mean, Aguero, it's Aguero. He's great. He's like, he's kind of, he's just a funny player. I actually don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's weird because I mean, everyone gets injured. It's weird that like, he seems more injury prone. It's weird that we all do. I mean, we all have him. I don't know. I mean, I guess in the end I probably had him for what, like 17 out of 26 weeks this season, you know? Yeah. So, but it, 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 he's not quite in that King category is there where you just feel like, He's just gonna he's gonna start every single match. Yeah, play ninety minutes in every single match, and that's the pain um, point know, with him. Yeah, in the first half of the season, he wasn't very good away. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't very good away to Everton, you know. Um, but he's amazing at home, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and he starts a lot of these home matches, and they just destroy teams at home. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I what do you think about you know? Are, are you currently planning to keep him for game week twenty seven? There are a lot of unanswered questions with my squad right now. I'm I'm even contemplating a wild card going into game week 27. Uh, just given the situation with the blank and being mm-hmm. able to just put my cards on the table as we yeah. look ahead to the double game week. So, well, let's let's yeah. why don't we take a break, Brandon? We can talk more about game week 27. Okay, let's do it. All right, Brad, we're back. Looking ahead to game week 27 in particular, uh, just a reminder, in game week 27, we have four teams that will not be playing. Those four teams are Man City, Chelsea, Brighton, and Everton. Uh, And that's because Man City and uh, Chelsea are playing in the League Cup final uh, that weekend. Um, The Chelsea-Everton fixture, obviously, was rescheduled for game week 25. We don't know yet when the Chelsea-Brighton fixture will get rescheduled. Um, There are some, like, strong... There's, there's a couple of strong candidates, but uh, I don't want to get into that speculative stuff yet because <laughs> I can tell you one you thing, Josh. Di- I'm going to be watching yeah. the weather report for rain. If it's raining, <laughs> yeah. that's where my it's triple just, captainship is yeah, going. Yeah, I know. It's just like yeah. Once you go down that road, it's it's uh, yeah. We someone was asking us on Twitter like when we're going to start talking really seriously about chip theory, and uh, my feeling is let's just wait a little bit longer. Let's let's give it a little more time. Let's wait until at least some of these matches have been announced, you know, uh, before we really dig into it. Uh, because otherwise, I I think it's fine on Twitter. I think you know, with if you've got you know Ben Krell and spreadsheets in front of you, you can look at percentages and all that stuff. It's fine. You can look it up, you know, twelve game weeks in a row and kind of see where the gaps might be. But I think on a podcast, it just doesn't sound. It's hard to follow, in my opinion. So I think um, you know, but we'll have a lot more chip stuff in the coming weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just look to game week 27 in the meantime. Andrew Siegel writes in and asks, I don't have a full 11 for next weekend and no money in the bank. What's your strategy? So, um, all right, let, let's just get a lay of the land here. Where are sure. our teams with in terms of fielding a full 11? Can you field a full 11 right now? Yes, I can field a full 11 right now. Um, it's not a great 11. Um, I don't really want to be starting to... Wolves, uh, or I mean, to um, 
uh, Crystal Palace defenders away to Leicester. Um, I mean, I've got, I actually have all five of my defenders are away. Um, so that, that's not great. Um, in fact, let's see five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of the 11 players I could, I could field are playing away matches, Brandon, which seems like that seems bad. Um, it's not great. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I'm honestly not that worried about it. Um, because I, I just don't see like a lot of like fixtures this game week that are going to be like you know hugely explosive where you know if you don't have x player then you're just going to be crushed i mean yeah the players i mean the the teams that play are man united and liverpool and everybody's got man united liverpool players you know i mean Mm -hmm. you know the one thing i don't have right now is any arsenal players and um i wish i could trust an arsenal midfielder um and so for for me right now brandon the situation is basically this I'm either going to bring in Felipe Anderson for Richarlison, or I'm going to bring in Aubameyang for Aguero. Mm-hmm. And the the pluses for Anderson for Richarlison um, is that I get to keep Aguero, right? He's got a good game week 28 fixture. Um, obviously, he's in great form right now. Um, the he's advantage okay the, for him, Josh. Okay. Just okay. Yeah, exactly. Just just the seven goals in the last four games. Don't get ahead of uh, yourself now. Yeah, exactly. I, I may have I may have misspoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I actually think it's eight and five because I think he scored with like 10 minutes left in the FA Cup match too. So, um, you know, the advantage of bringing in Aubameyang though as a, as a possible hokey cokey again where I bring him in for just one game week mm-hmm. um, is that he is, I think, the best captain option for game week 27. And, you know, the captaincy, as we as we know, is so crucial. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I trust Felipe Anderson enough to captain him at home to Fulham. Yeah, there is a huge temptation to find some way to play that West Ham-Fulham game, given that Fulham's defense continues to be the worst in the league. I myself, I, I guess technically I could field a full 11, assuming that Phil Billing and Balbuena on West Ham will play, but both would be uncertain. And those are both players that you don't get really happy about playing. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm starting Hoiberg as well, which is like, that's, <laughs> that's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could see myself definitely burning four, just not, not, not burning four to, f- so that I could feel the full 11, but burning four just in a, as a way to try and find some attacking engine. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. play players like Felipe Anderson and Aubameyang. If I'm looking at the rest of my team I'm just, and wondering where my points are, are coming from, I am looking at a minus four as a calculated risk. And we'll, we'll say many times during the season, burning four just for one game week is rarely going to pay is really going to pay you back immediately. Yeah. A, a minus four is only almost only going to pay you back over the course of two, three, four game weeks. So that's yeah, it's a big it's a big risk. The annoying thing about Anderson is he's got he's got a really nice run of fixtures coming up, but he immediately has a bad fixture. Like is like so they play Fulham in game week twenty seven, and then he immediately plays Man City away. And so I don't know. I, I don't like bringing in a player where I, I I'm only going to get one good fixture out of them. You know, like I mean, I, not that I look at it in a two fixture window necessarily but it's like i don't know it's like i i kind of have to bench him for that i feel like and that's just kind of annoying to bring in someone i'm going to bench you know so soon especially when yeah. the player that i would be bringing out richarlison plays cardiff in game week 28 and i'd be happy to play him 
there. I even had Richarlison for like his long, long run of frustration. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not as angry at, at him as some people are, where they're just like, burn 16, like get, get Richarlison out, like <laughs> start a new team if you have to, you know, delete your account. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. So FPL Stag, our good friend, he wrote in about Game Week 27. He has all of his chips available at the moment, but he will mm-hmm. only have nine at best without a hit for next game week. Free yep. hit, good idea. What do you think? Okay, so let's let's say you free hit. Okay, let's just say you played the free hit chip in game week twenty seven. Mm-hmm. All right, you would probably still want to have Robertson, and I mean, you probably still want to have all of your Man United and Liverpool players, right? Yeah, you I am of have, the opinion you know, that I'm not I'm not so scared of my players canceling each other out in that United Liverpool match. I mean, obviously I'm scared of losing my Robertson clean sheet, but I could mm-hmm. see that match being a real shootout. Yeah. I, I I could too. And I mean, I probably I would I don't really mind having a couple of Wolves players for the Bournemouth. I mean, you know, I didn't look at Stag's team before we did this podcast. I mean, I don't know exactly what his team looks like, but it feels like the kind of players that you want are players like, I mean, so you play the free hit and like, okay, maybe you get, maybe you get Pereira on Leicester. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could get Kolasinic on Arsenal, but I mean, Arsenal can't keep clean sheets. Um, you know, you want to get maybe one West Ham player, but I mean, like, do you really want to have two West Ham attackers? Um, Cardiff and Watford, that feels like a total, cl- you know, crapshoot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs, Burnley. I mean, Burnley has are a lot better right now. And, um, I mean, if Kane is back, maybe it's more appealing. Like if Kane is definitely going to play in that Burnley match, maybe that's, you know, maybe, maybe it's worth a free head. Um, but it just feels like in general, Kane, I mean, who, who is this Kane guy? I, I feel like I Spurs haven't, he haven't lost a match since he's, he's been out. It, it is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know three nil over Dortmund today. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Bournemouth don't have Callum Wilson. I mean, junior Stanislaw was, was out sick. Um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't feel like their team to invest in either so it's like you look up and down you're like well i would just be wasting a free hit chip on bad teams you know like on teams that i don't trust on teams that don't score a lot of goals on teams with unreliable clean sheets yeah i mean that to me just isn't i'm not saying that you have to use a free hit chip on a double game week but i just don't see a lot of gimmies in this one you know it's like if it's like you know five weeks from now and you know i don't know it's like you know liverpool at home to huddersfield or something and you know, you don't have any, let's say for some reason, you don't have any Liverpool coverage. Sure. You know, triple out, like, you know, that, that would be worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, but like the problem with Arsenal, I mean, this Arsenal saw the end of fixture, it would be the one to theoretically triple up on, but who would you have? You know, <laughs> I mean, like, I guess you could double up with Lacazette and mm-hmm. Aubameyang. I guess that's probably yeah. what I do. That'd be the move. Um, but you know, I don't know. I wouldn't feel great about it. Here's the deal. Uh, obviously we're, we're holding firm until the FA cup fixtures play out this weekend, but there could be as many as 12 teams with blanks in game weeks 31 or 33. Mm-hmm. You will be in desperate need of some coverage in those game weeks. And I think you make a pretty a good and reasoned argument there, Josh, of how maybe it's, it's A, not as bad as it looks in terms of the team you're going to put out, and B, it's not going to look much better with the free hit. So, yeah, I, I agree with you yeah. on that one. That's the biggest thing. I don't. I just don't know how much better it looks. Yeah. I think you could burn four and basically get yourself what you'd get with a free hit. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, I wanted to talk quickly about the title race, particularly the two teams that are um, at the top of the table, Manchester City and Liverpool. Manchester City, even though they're not playing in 27, they they will be involved in a lot of our transfers heading into and out of Game Week 27, so it still feels germane to me. So we have a couple questions on what to do with City assets as well as Liverpool. First one comes from FPL Drunk, Seamus, who asks, one Man City player to own for the rest of the season. Who's it going to be? For me, it's pretty straightforward. It's Raheem Sterling. He's in form. Um, he seems less. Uh, he seems less doubtful. Uh, well, I guess you you made the point about Aguero's form away from home. Sterling seems like a player who's less affected by his home or away form. So uh, that would be my pick, particularly. With the Champions League getting up and running, we're going to have even more anxiety about the Aguero-Jesus rotation. Mm-hmm. This, this goes for all Man City players, I I would stipulate. But Raheem Sterling, he's my guy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not like a single one. I, I don't really mind rotating Man City players in and out based on their form. I mean, it just doesn't really... I don't know. Like, I, I think this is like the year where I just stopped caring about price changes, and it's just like, sure, drop them, bring them in. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it's because you're talking about a pool of one, two, three, four, maybe five players, right? The the, the pool of five players is Sterling, Sané, uh, Aguero, Laporte. Those are like the four that you would even consider, right? Bernardo Silva just doesn't score enough. He's just not enough of an attacker to to be worthwhile. And, um, you know, Ederson is, I, I don't know. I mean, their, their, their team, you know, the, the two clean sheets in a row. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're, they have a pretty good run in is the thing. I mean, you know, West Ham, Watford, West, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford in the next three. And they, they play Fulham and Cardiff back to back in 32 and 33. So okay. are you're not yeah. suggesting that the one player that you would have from city is a defender, are you? Well, I, I mean, if I like like gun to my head, I don't really know. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't. There isn't one player that yeah. I want to have for the rest of the season. Yeah, but I was just thinking about like various options available, and um, I, I, you know, just for consistency's sake, I was just considering someone like Laporte, you know. But um, I mean, Sterling to me is like he's in form now, like today. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't for you know from game weeks like 15 to 21 or I mean he was okay you know but he just wasn't like super explosive I mean I I kind of agree I don't know I'm just sort of it's a hard question to answer how about that I think you speak I think you speak on behalf of the entire FBL community and you're saying what we are too um we're too uh, egotistical to say ourselves that we don't know we don't (laughs) know yeah, I have no ego, Brandon. So that that that's where <laughs> yeah, it so doesn't exist in you. <laughs> uh, DJ Newton uh, wrote in and said, "Do you think that Sergio Aguero will play reduced minutes in the league due to the fact that uh, the Champions League triumph is high on Pep's wish list?" And uh, to Tacoma Coffee also writes in, "Should Sterling owners hold through the blank uh, or hokey cokey mm-hmm. like we have talked about doing?" With Aguero, okay. So the the we kind of touched upon our issues with uh, form and rotation with regard to DJ's question on Aguero. But if we have like I have three city players right now with Laporte, Sane, and Aguero, I have to get. Right. I believe I have to get rid of one of them ahead of this blanking game week twenty seven. 
If mm-hmm. I had Sterling, I I'm quite sure I would just put him on the bench because yeah, um, yeah uh, definitely because as we were saying, who else are you going to bring in for him? Are you going to try and hokey cokey Sterling with uh, with Felipe Anderson? I yeah I, I do think you're probably going to lose a certain amount of value on Sterling there, uh, wondering whenever you bought him. Um, Aguero is a different proposition because of what you could do doing the hokey cokey with Aubameyang, assuming you held Aguero in game mm-hmm. week 26. And then if you have a Man City defensive asset, I'm very much going to sit on the fence on that one. It kind of just depends on um, your long-term goals, I think. As as much as I love Aguero and how fantastic it was to have his points, I, you know, I really like the idea of, I, I just think Aguero bombing is is like a pretty, like fairly straightforward move in some ways. Um, given all the Champions League stuff that was just that was just brought up in these questions, I mean, here's here's the move I kind of like. I mean, you know, putting aside all the like blanks and doubles and all that stuff that will be coming eventually. Um, so Aubameyang has two really good – like his next two fixtures are very good, right? They play um, – sorry, I just had it up here. Let me pull it up again. Uh, they play um, Southampton and Bournemouth back-to-back at home, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Those are great fixtures. Super. Uh, and now he's sort of set out a game. He's, you know, set out a match uh, with Illness too. So he uh, – you know, surely will he, he will play in both those matches. And they don't have any uh, FA Cup commitments. So, right, because he plays two, and then their schedule gets really bad. They have a couple of very difficult fixtures. And I think as we all know now, you can't play a bombing in difficult fixtures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can play him, but you just you can't expect anything out of him in those fixtures. Yeah, you like, won't, I know be, he scored you won't a goal. be banned from the FPL game if you try it. It's not illegal. <laughs> yeah. I know he scored a goal against Spurs, but like that's like the only – he scored one in, against one good team. I mean, otherwise, it's been – Pretty, pretty absent. So, uh, so you have him for the next two game weeks. And then, Brandon, in game week 29, mm-hmm. who plays Arsenal at home before playing Southampton away and Palace at home? None other than Mr. Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. So you wait like three weeks. And if Kane is ready for that March 2nd Arsenal fixture, I really like the Aubameyang to Kane move there. Please tell me that Harry Kane is down to about 8.7 in value right now. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> now he's still at a meaty 12.4 12.4 million. Oh my god. But you know, but the thing is about Kane is that his ownership percentage is 12.8%. It's crazy yeah, low. Yeah. So he will become a great player to 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 you know to bring in uh-huh. early on, you know, and sort of skip uh you know, because I mean if, if he goes off against Arsenal, you know, his you know, his ownership's gonna skyrocket. So, you know, if you're looking to make up ground, I would be monitoring his fitness like like a hawk or like, <laughs> like some, like some, like some animal that monitors people closely. Cause I, would, uh, <laughs> I don't know sure. what that would be. I think there are many animals like that out there. Um, like a snake, a Komodo dragon. All right. So let's, let's move on to Liverpool. Uh, James Q says, uh, what's your ideal level Liverpool triple up as things stand? Yeah. And FPL rookie goes on to ask Liverpool defense or attacking double up going forward. So, you know, the tune has changed from a month ago or six weeks weeks ago where the obvious move seemed to be a Liverpool double up with Mo Salah. And now, suddenly, Liverpool cannot keep a clean sheet to save their lives. And right. it seems like uh, Mane has found some form. So, I mean, I guess if, if I had the funds, Salah and Mane feels pretty decent to me right now. But... 
Didn't I answer this question in a similar way last week where I kind of feel good where I am right now with just two Liverpool players with Robbo and Salah? And why why can't we just leave it at that? Yeah, I mean, Mane is just so streaky. I I don't really want to have Mane again in my team. He's really expensive too, right? He's almost $10 Um, and you know, he's, he's kind of a little hazardish in terms of, you know, his returns. He comes, you know, I don't know, like he, yeah, I had him at the start of the season. It was great. And then he completely, you know, fell off a cliff, um, you know, for a really extended period of time. And then just the last, you know, four matches, he's, uh, he scored four goals in a row. So I can't just like wave my hand and dismiss, you know, what he's done, but I just feel like, I don't know. I'd rather spread that money. I'd rather have someone like son. Um, so I feel like, um, I, I have, I actually, I am triple up right now. I have uh, TAA Robertson and, and Salah. And I mean, I think, yeah, I think Robertson and Salah are two, the two essential players. And then, I mean, TAA is so cheap that if he is starting again, um, I do, I do like him in that team. You know, I mean, it's obviously, it's, you know, he'll have fresh legs. Um, got a really nice run of fixtures coming up between game week 28 and 31, uh, where they play, uh, Wadford, Everton, Burnley and Fulham. So, um, yeah, I think I, uh, I think that's where I would go, especially if you were like looking to, I think he starts the next match. I mean, I mean, granted that match is a way to man United, which makes it slightly less appealing, but, um, God, he almost scored at the end of the Bournemouth game. Yeah. Re- regardless of the fixture, I think they need him to get a little bit more, um, <clears throat> mileage on those legs before the champions league fixture. So he, yeah. he's ready to go there as well. Any, anything about Firmino? Firmino's a cool, seems like a cool guy. Um, I enjoy watching him, but me too. Um, yeah, we uh, okay. So of all, of all the places in our in our FPL squads right now, I think that the the trickiest template is up front, and uh, this this leads nicely into a couple other striker questions that we have immediately upcoming. But with Jimenez. And Marcus Rashford providing insane value, and it, it leaves this nice spot for a premium striker, the likes of Kane or Aguero or Aubameyang. Where does Firmino mm-hmm. fit in? Uh, he, he doesn't. There's just no way to squeeze him in there unless you are going to go really big and brassy in the midfield. Yeah. And I mean, you know, just looking at his numbers again, I mean, he's got, you know, nine goals and success in the season, but, you know, three of them came in that ridiculous Arsenal game. And, you know, if you get rid of the, that one match, he's got six goals and six assists in 25 games this season. I mean, that's just not what you want out of a, out of a premium, you know, forward. I mean, a 10 million is, I guess it's 9.3 million. So, you know, but, uh, but uh, as you said, not, not in that like cheaper bracket. I mean, there are many, there are several, you know, forwards who are cheaper than him who've outscored him so far this season so um yeah but again great player to watch it's it's also higuain level money and this is a guy that we're all monitoring assuming that the wheels don't entirely come off of chelsea but like kane coming back in a couple weeks uh, chelsea's fixtures really turn nice in game week 29 with a fulham away match and that you know he's he's another one in that price range to monitor as someone who might even be more explosive than firmino yeah, we haven't really had a chance to talk about him yet. I guess we need to see him in a in a in an easier fit. I mean, I guess you saw him in the one in the. It was like he had one fixture that was too easy and one that was too hard. You know, <laughs> and so it was hard to really. Mm-hmm. Where's the fixture really that's just right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Speaking of strikers, it's Aguero versus Aubameyang, and Poch we trust on our Patreon Slack. Ash, should I keep Aubameyang over Aguero even after Aguero is blank? 
Also, uh, FPL Bus wants to talk about premium strikers. Is it time to start thinking about having two premium strikers for the Golden Boot Race, a.k.a. two of Aguero, Aubameyang, and Kane? I think it's fair to say we kind of have to wait to see if that's a viable thing to do, to shoehorn in two premium strikers, wait until Kane yeah. gets fit, wait until we get these blanks and double game week fixtures sorted out. Right. I can't see myself doing it unless Marcus Rashford gets injured. You know, I just, I think, right. Cause otherwise, I mean, if you brought in those two and you have Rashford, then suddenly you're looking at an incredibly expensive, you know, and honestly Jimenez too, right? I mean, Jimenez has exactly as many goals and one more assist than Firmino does in the season. He's got nine goals and seven assists. Uh, he's also, you know, a pace him at bonus points. I think he has 20 to his, I think, you know, a 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and Firmino is, oh God, Jimenez is up to 6.8 million. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, but he used it. He started off at five point five million this season. So if you got him at all early, I was I, I thought his price was cheaper because he's listed at six point four on my page because I got him at whatever it was now. But yeah, he's um, even at six point eight million. Nice humble brag in there. I know he's probably even cheaper for you. I think you got him even earlier. But you know, I think um, yeah. I mean, you know, he's still only thirty thirty two percent owned. He's got nine goals, some assists in the season. Yeah. He still have a pretty decent run of fixtures over the next yeah. three. So yeah. Huddersfield and Cardiff back to back in twenty eight and twenty nine. I'd I'd rather have him over almost any of the premium striker options. Yeah, the well, next three. And I think we answered in Pachwe Trust question, but I think this is a good thing to underline as we head into our break and then we get into a lightning round. But our strategy for game week twenty seven, like barring any illness, watch the news, read the newspaper, mm-hmm. read Twitter, would be to um, if you already have a bombing, keep him. For the blank and see what happens after the FA Cup fixtures. If you have Aguero, move him out in favor of Aubameyang. Brendan, if you like your health care plan, you will be allowed to keep it. Okay, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> the or the or the uh, inverse uh, universe in which the Aguero death panels are coming for you. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Okay, Josh, let's talk about our friends at Starting 11. Of course, Starting 11 is the live Premier League fantasy app. You can play on your Android or iOS device for free or for cash prizes. I love that cash. Gotta get that money. Any day Mm -hmm. in which there are two or more Premier League matches being played, you can just pick up this app without any budgetary restrictions at all. Pick your best 11-man squad. And pick a captain. You get double points, just like an FPL. You kind of know the rules of the game, but starting 11 takes it to the next level. It's a, it's more positive-facing points. You even get positive points for shots off target. Uh, that's something you really enjoy, Josh. I, I do. I, I like I like a game that's geared towards rewarding positive play as opposed to punishing mistakes. We're even going back to Jeff Waugh from Schma's question at the top of the podcast. Why can't we adjust our lineups up until kickoff? Well, guess what, Jeff? You can do that with the Starting 11 app. It'll let, it lets you tweak your lineup up to the kickoff. And after kickoff, you even get three live in-game substitutions that you can make on the fly, just like your real-life manager on the side of the pitch. Make tra- make uh, substitutions based on form, based on real substitutions that are happening in the game, jumping on those points for your uh, competitions. So join thousands of players worldwide who are competing in the English Premier League for cash and for pride. If you're playing on your iPhone, 
Cash Gains are now live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany. If you're on an Android device, Cash Gains are also live in the UK, or just pick up the app and play for free wherever you are. There are also mini leagues there that you can join. You can start them with your friends or just play with people in the pub. Yeah, Brandon, take that saw buck. I know you've always got a saw buck in your pocket. Take that saw buck out, Brandon. Instead Mm -hmm. of spending it on one of your your pricey cocktails, one of those expensive cocktails you love so much. Yeah. And in fact, that's usually two saw bucks, those cocktails. Two at least, Uh, I would, yeah, yeah. So there's been one saw buck on a beer, one saw buck on starting 11, and and, and watch that Starbuck, Starbuck. I can't even say that word anymore. I've said it. I, I, it's lost all meaning. I've said it so many times. Uh, but spend that wisely and watch it multiply. Many, uh, many Starbucks. I, I think that's a great idea. Cool. I will take my Starbuck and go to my Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download the Starting Eleven app, or just head to Starting11.io for more details and helpful video tutorials. That's right, Brendan, and I will see you there. Brandon, we're back. Lightning round. Now, last week, you know, often I talk about us, you know, holding firm on the lightning round and proud to say last week, every single answer was under 30 seconds. Most of them were under five seconds, actually. It was amazing. It was a true, it was a double lightning round. It was incredible. You you listen at like one and a half speed on your uh, iPhone? Is that how you listen? Maybe I was. I'm going to have to go. Maybe maybe double speed, actually. I'll go back and check that out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, A couple questions about Newcastle. El Tigre says, Newcastle assets in or no? I'm in. I'm in. uh, I'm not quite there in terms of my being able to bring them in, but uh, yeah. I I still think Rondon is a very a very nice option, and their defensive assets, particularly Yedlin at four or five, pretty decent attacking player, and their fixtures are, are very kind. Brennan, is there anything suspicious about Dubrovka though? I mean, what's mm-hmm. going on there? Like they're like in the relegation zone based on, and I, again, he actually had a very good game in the Wolves match until the very last moment but you can yeah. say the same thing about the spurs game where he was pretty solid until the end and it's like you gotta hold on for the full 90 man it's like <laughs> just you can't stop play to the yeah. whistle yeah it, it's been a strange run for them it was exciting as americans to see the mls transplant miguel Almoron get a few minutes at yeah, the end of that looked, wolves match yeah he looked like he had a little bit of uh, a little bit of zip in him he's and, got a uh, fire in his belly yeah, he's good price too. I I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by the Almiron thing. Um yeah. I mean, he's 6 million. It's a fun it's it's like a I mean, if you wanted to be like just totally if you were like if you were like about to just like throw up your hands and give up on the season, um Almiron for someone like Richarlison or Sigurdsson, I would totally go for it. Why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. So you look at these three home fixtures in the next five, Huddersfield, Burnley and Everton and Sandwiched in there, we have West Ham and Bournemouth away games. So very, very good upcoming run for Newcastle. I'm pro. Yep, me too. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Tommy says, I'm commi- I'm, commi- uh, I'm considering Jamal Sells. Do I need to be sectioned? Uh, I don't know. Is, uh, is Dubrovka still going to be keeping these games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I do think that 4-6 is decent value for I – mean, what we saw from LaSalle's late last season on corner kicks and set pieces, sure. uh, I, like, I like that job. Oh, I, LaSalle's is fantastic. Um, I mean, it's just – yeah, he's he actually kind of deserves – I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of Newcastle fans out there. I, I know how much they hate this team right now or, or how frustrated they are. But Jamal LaSalle's is like they're probably their best player. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a couple of questions here about Marcus Rashford, which which they take an interesting turn. 
a very intriguing turn, these questions. Okay. First okay. one comes from little Jason. Rashford and Pogba have been FPL gold dust since Ole took over, but you could argue that two least effective games for both were against top opposition, Spurs and PSG. Now they face Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester City in the next five with Chelsea and PSG Cup games in between. Is it time to move on? So much like what you were saying with Aguero, and we've got however many goals and however many fixtures, should we just count our winnings and move on now that the fixtures are kind of turning for United? Or do you think that United looks so good right now that you may Mm -hmm. as well just hang on? Well, it was easier to say before the PSG game. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm certainly holding on for the Liverpool game. And... And then I may reevaluate. I mean, I th- I think Pogba is probably still – it's so funny. I, I go back and forth on this a little bit. I mean, I was really feeling like Pogba of the two is the one that I would be more likely to drop. But, I mean, he's kind of a perfect – like his price point is fantastic. And yeah. Rashford is maybe the one that I would be a little more likely to to, mm-hmm. to move at some point. You know, it seems like there's like a real value in leaving him early. Yeah. You know, if he starts to drop off a little bit, I mean, he's owned by 41.3% of managers, which means that there are a lot of forwards out there that aren't as highly owned. Yeah. So, um, you know, the problem though is that, I mean, the, you know, I mean, the, the PSG thing is now just over and I wouldn't be surprised if they just don't start up, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure they'll go for it a little bit, but like they're not going to be lasting any longer in the champions league. So, um, and then they play uh, palace and Southampton and game week 28 and 29, both of which are fantastic fixtures. So, um, I'm just going to kind of punt on the on the question of what to do with Rashford and Pogba until game week 30. Yeah, and, and I think we're pretty well positioned here with our wild cards. And in, in, if you also look at game week 30, the Arsenal match is a, f- a fine match to run That's out. True. These That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, United. it's like. Yeah. I, the fixture difficult. I'm just pulling up the. I'm just looking on the website right now, but it's like that's marked as a four on the fixture difficult rating scale. I think that should be like a two or something. It's just like, red. No, because, that's, yeah, it's just red for Arsenal, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just red for Arsenal. I see. Yeah, and, and green because Southampton play and they're yeah. they're wonderful green kids. But right about that time, we'll be ha- we'll have a very good idea of what we want to do with our wild cards, and maybe some of us will be triggering them by that point. So, yeah, I think there's more to know before we answer that question. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Next comes from Alex Marshall on Rashford. He suggests Rashford to Jamie Vardy to break up the template and ride Lester's fixtures. Time to make these kinds of moves or need need not be so rash yet. Excellent pun there, Alex. Yeah, and the tight end with that was Adam Edger on the Slack. He says, is the Leicester triple up needed, e.g. Uh, the way we treated Palace the start of the season with a good run of fixtures? Well, first of all, that Palace triple up didn't really work at the start of the season uh, outside of uh, Juan Bissaka. Um, I don't know. I mean, are Leicester good? I, I don't really know. <laughs> Vardy, I think, is washed up, and yeah. I would not consider Vardy um, to answer that question. I think, can we just agree, no Vardy? Yes, we can agree, no Vardy, I think. Um I am also, this is completely a, a tangent away from FPL, but I've I said this to you over the weekend. I am so sick of the Claude Puel narrative. How is Claude Puel remaining the most interesting manager in the Premier League? You can't watch a Leicester game without him being the, the lead talking point. I don't really get it either. I guess it's because he's so European. You and I were joking, looking at that match. For, we watched a little bit of it on the weekend. He looks like, like... 
the, a man who looks like that could never have been born in America. <laughs> it's like there's something so his whole like aura is European. He just exudes Europeanness. But I, I agree. I mean, he just looks stands there looking incredibly unhappy and and Gallic and just you know I, I just like I'm not really. Uh, and, and their teams are not fun either. I mean, you know, I've read an interesting article in the Athletic about um, about this Leicester team. They actually have a lot of good young players, and I'll give them credit for for inter, you know starting to integrate them into the squad. But um, I, I don't know that I trust them in a fantasy perspective yet. You know, I feel like I don't quite. I mean, it is like it's crazy. I mean, they have like just an, an absolutely fantastic run over the yeah. next what eight or nine game weeks, and. I guess I do want a part of it, but I do think that sometimes it's a mistake to look at those fixtures and just think, yeah, I'm I'm going to get in. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to like, you know, really take advantage of it because there is not one attacking player. They, they have so many midfielders, by the way. It's an insane number of midfielders. <laughs> there is not one midfielder that I would be like, yes, great. That's the one who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, Thielman's looked good. I don't know. Madison looked okay. You know, won the pen. Um, Damari Gray is a player I've liked for a long time. I mean, I don't really want any of them on my team, though. Yeah, no, me me either. Lastly, on uh, Puel, though, less European, more. I've said this a hundred times that he looks like Odo from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But um, I think the way to go with Leicester City is a defender. And it's sort yeah. of like a try before you buy. Just just go ahead and buy a Leicester defender, be it Pereira or Maguire. I think they're both mm. equally interesting. And that's about as much as I want of the Leicester squad with this fantastic run. I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Just get Pereira, you know, and just and yeah, for somebody. I mean, maybe for Matt Doherty at some point, Doherty, whatever. Or Lucas, actually, Lucas Dean to Pereira is kind of like the perfect move, right? Yeah, no, no, it is very much so. All right, next question comes from FPL Big Mac. Is it time to get Arnie back? Ooh, true lightning round response here, Brandon. No. <laughs> that is a negative good buddy. Uh, yeah. This happened last year with uh, with Mares. Remember Mares like, like tried to force a move to Man City. It didn't work out. And then he like had to pout for a month. And then finally, like he kind of started to come back into the squad a little bit. Like Arnie is still in the pouting stage right now. We'll like, let's give it like a month before we think about Arnie. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Lego Mane chiming in here. What opportunities will there be for Negueros? I assume this is what we're calling people who do not have Aguero to make up ground for an Aguero esque fashion. Triple captain Aubameyang return of Harry Kane early wild card, or is it all over for us? Oh, brother. How do like Amane? I love you, but come on, it's not that bad, you know. It's just not that many points. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe a triple for Amane gets on. There's so much. There's so many game weeks left. I don't. I I, I feel like I want to like shake people by the shoulders sometimes. But mm-hmm. there are twelve game weeks left. Yeah, like most of you have a wild card left. Most of you have two or three chips left to use this season. I mean, it's kind of crazy actually. I mean, with you know, with twelve game weeks left, there are only like a handful of normal game weeks left still, yeah. you know, like where there's not going to be like fixtures missing or, um, you know, blanks or using a chip or anything like that. Um, I just think there are so many opportunities to make up a ton of ground still available. And I don't really see this weekend as the time to do it. No. And the, the double game weeks, they kind of go one way or another season to season. I think right now people feel based on recent seasons that double game weeks have been, 
kind of overrated late in the yeah, season. Yeah, we saw the opposite, though, right? I mean, <laughs> right, right. We have. <laughs> all, all to my point is that those could be seismic uh, game weeks that, that really do change the overall rankings across the game. So, there, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. There are so many more opportunities upcoming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We saw how one double game week could cause, like, two people who are basically tied, like, one person jump, like, 50 or 60 points above the other person. You know, so especially because of the Aubameyang illness that that led people to keep Aguero with an extra seven. And I mean to rub it in here, but I'm just saying like it was it was so fluky. You know, it really was. But that could happen again. It absolutely could. Um, I think the return of Harry Kane, though, that's the one that like Amani mentions. Um, that's the one I mentioned that, that earlier on in the podcast. I think that's um, a great opportunity. Um, you know, uh, just, you know, an informed Kane, or maybe you you know use you, you zig and everyone's zagging, and you and you decide to. Go all in on, uh, you know, Eden Hazard or something like that over the next few game weeks. Oof, bite your um, tongue. I know. But, like, that's like, a, you know, that's like that's how you're going to have to do it, you know, if you're going to make up ground. Uh, the, you know, the concern there is if he's just like, nah, I'm going to Real Madrid. I'm not going to like – I'm not going to work too hard the rest of the season. Uh, next question comes from the Dork Lord. Pascal Gross looks a good Richarlison swap if he is regaining his form from last season. I mean, he's he's creating a lot of chances. He's connecting on a lot of passes. Is yeah. he? Is it enough to translate into an FPL prospect? Not yet for no. Pascal Gross. No, and they have like the worst form of any team in the Premier League. I just don't want a team like that in that kind of form. Um, I mean, they have they have four losses and a draw in their last five. I just I, I don't want anyone in that kind of situation. Boom shaka. Where should I look to break the template? Any interest in Newcastle assets? What do you make of the Lossal Hamer situation for game week 27? Uh, also, Boomshaka wants to know if we should get rid of Chelsea defenders. So first things first, we already talked about Newcastle. Lossal versus Hamer. Would you start a Huddersfield goalkeeper with any degree of confidence in game week 27? Um. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, no, I, I guess I wouldn't. I mean, they're they're like the worst team in the league. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, maybe he gets like two points or something, you know, if I had Hammer. I, I don't know. Would you? I don't really I don't really <laughs> think it matters, to be honest. Yeah, I know. You. It's, you, we're never usually this stumped. But, man, you start talking about Huddersfield players and it's like it's like my I immediately like fell asleep for 10 seconds. I had to wake myself up. Um, yeah, as, as, as of the Newcastle assets, like we talked about them already, um, get rid of Chelsea defenders. That's an interesting one. Um, you know, the problem is now they're playing these, these Europa league games, you know, and so they're going to be playing these Thursday matches and they take it at all seriously. Then, and then you could have some fatigue issues. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, I mean, even, even Louise has been kind of the, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because Luis has this – he has this 13-point game at home to Huddersfield in game week 25, but it was sandwiched around two zeros and a negative one, you mm-hmm. know. So it's a very – it's a very Lucas Dean levels of mm-hmm. extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more questions here before we get out of here. Dave Newell on our Slack asks, what's the verdict on Chelsea? Are they totally dysfunctional and a broken team or can they bounce back from their humiliating defeats at Bournemouth and Manchester City? Okay, so you were just talking about – fatigue concerns and their defense uh the team and sorry my siri is talking to me uh i'm not sure what i said 
did I say <laughs> did I say Maurizio Sarri? Um, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, generally, Chelsea they're very flaky right now, and the problem is like the really appealing assets like Hazard that you mentioned, and some of their better defensive assets like Alonso. They're just too expensive to be able to yeah. suffer these really flaky performances. So, not having any Chelsea players in my team right now, it is not somewhere I'm looking to go. But I, I I'm here for your argument that it will be an interesting differential pick a couple weeks yeah. from now. Eventually they will play Brighton in a double game week, Brighton at home. And if that is combined with the right fixture, then it's going to be almost irresistible not to have a couple of their players. And, but yeah, for now, I mean, yeah, for now you don't need any Chelsea players, obviously. I mean, it'd be nice to have one for game week 29, a way to full them, but Whatever you know, I don't know. It's it's not it's not going to kill you. I mean, Hazard. This is like I mean, it's just the, the Aguero thing like stung so many people. But it was like you know, Hazard got 15 points um, in that Huddersfield match, and we all kind of shrugged it off. You know, yeah. I didn't have him. It was fine. I don't know. So you know, the, it never these like these these hits are never as big as they seem. All right, take us home with this last question here, Josh. All right, Jay. Jrad Mile High says, "Is it time to start prioritizing assets that know of no upcoming blank game weeks, including Burnley, Liverpool, Leicester, or is the threat of missing out on returns of template players too great of a risk given their high ownership percentages?" So I, I like this. We slipped a little chip theory in right at the end here, Brandon. <laughs> Very cheeky, uh, uh, Mister Mile High. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, okay, Liverpool, you're already going to have some players. Leicester. Sure, you know, again, just just a defender, I think. Um, but yeah, I think in general, it is, it is, there, it is, there is too much risk. I mean, you know, why get any of them early if you can? I mean, I know you can only save two transfers, but um, yeah, I mean, again, we're going to be able to wild. Many of us are be able to wild card in, in the coming game weeks, and so we can sort of do that then, you know. And even if you're not wild card, and I think with careful planning, you just don't have to be too too cautious here we're also not going to have it's not there aren't as many teams in these as many Premier League teams in the final rounds of the FA Cup as there usually is so it's not going to be quite as extreme as it's been it's actually I think it's going to be a year where an early wild card isn't going to hurt you as much as it would in you know the last couple seasons yeah I tend to agree Burnley is one to flag for maybe an early template buster with uh, Barnes hitting great form 5.6 and uh Chris your boy Tom Heaton Tom Heaton looked Freaking amazing against Bright. I mean, yep. he's he's looked amazing since he came back and has been winning so many points for this Burnley team. But yep. man, I I do like this Burnley team right now. Yeah, if the World Cup were this summer, is Tom Heaton the starting keeper for if, England? If the World Cup were tomorrow, Tom Heaton. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who else I was chatting about this with, but uh, Pickford is. Kind of had a pretty miserable season with Everton, oh, yeah. and uh, they come down. Very big and, I mean, a huge high for them. I don't want to diminish what he did for England in the World Cup. Sure. Uh, but Heaton just looks a cut above based on recent performance and what we yeah, already know about both keepers long long yep. term. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, so any any thoughts on um, – I, th- I think we're in agreement, right? Hold yeah, on to the uh, yeah, I guess like, players for now. Yeah, to be, to be mystical about it, I think the answer lies somewhere in between where – it, uh, the template is a template for a reason, and you kind of have to treat it with a certain amount of care. But um, you know, you you can't, and and for that reason, you can't dismiss short term gains for what you think is a long term play. 
this was the the Theo Walcott effect from last season, where you'd start bringing in players because of of how you want your team to look for doubles and blanks, you know, five games down the road. And this player you mm-hmm. bring in early, Walcott, ends up burning you. Uh, your just burns your team down to the ground before you even get to those opportunities. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But exactly. but but that yeah. said, you, you we I never want to to caution someone to the point where they would be blind of a differential that they really wanted to take. So, you know, if you see a player, one or two players you really like, you know, who, who am I to say, don't go for it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, but just be, be, be careful, you know, don't go for it all the way. <laughs> don't go all the way. There are half measures in FPL. This is not breaking <laughs> bad. All right, Brandon, that is the end of the podcast. We'll save the Game Week 27, the full preview for next week's podcast. Uh, that'll probably be something like Sunday night. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, um, because we're recording this on Wednesday and there's no matches this coming weekend, we'll save the kitchen table for next week. Um, but if you'd like to uh, you know, join us in the Slack or um, you know, take part in the, uh, the Patreon league, anything like that, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Or if you just want to support the podcast, which is, uh, a great reason to do it too. Uh, Brandon, why don't you thank our producers, please? Thank you to all of our big time producers, Mike DePetra, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Carl Rasmus, Lean Grandley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Gafford, Danny Evans, Babas Kuhn, Tor Ferdlin, and Sven Goran Husby. Also Thurston Husby the Third. He gets a shout out. Yeah. James Holland. James <laughs> Holland, Ben Grant, and Matt Ritter. We got a lot of producers, Brandon, and thank you to all of them very sincerely. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast. Another way to support us to give us a five-star review on iTunes. It doesn't cost you anything but 30 seconds of your time, and mm-hmm. we do appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, just rate us wherever it is that you get your podcast, Or follow us on Twitter, at HailCheaters, Instagram, at HailCheaters, Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. Send us an email with a really long message or rate my team, whatever whatever it is you want to know. We're HailCheaters at gmail.com. For all this information and more, go to AlwaysCheating.com. That is our website. Uh, Brandon, that's, I think you've, you, that was beautiful. I have nothing else to say except hail Lord Surloth. I, I'm, I, I'm so, I'm so delighted that he keeps tearing it up in Belgium. Uh, yeah. And hail Stephen Toomey. We're just going to jump right into this uh, quick pod where we talk about the two cheaters ale that Stephen brewed for us. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we enjoyed Stephen's beer. Yeah. Thanks guys. Hail cheaters and welcome to the long promised tasting of the two cheaters two cheaters ale. Excuse mm. me. Mm-hmm. This was uh, created uh, special for us by uh, Stephen Toomey. Uh, you know that name. Uh, longtime listeners know his name as a frequent challenger for us in the starting eleven contest. I think that's how we first got to meet him. Yes, um, but he's been our producer patron for the podcast for. Um, uh, the entire season, I believe. Long and, time. Yeah, and uh, amazingly, I think he Stephen's a man of many hobbies. Clearly, you know, very interesting character, um, as as you can tell by uh, you know, if you go to Six Goal is where you can find him on Twitter. Um, but uh, Stephen went out of his way uh, very kindly to create a six pack of two cheaters ale, uh, and we are we are actually in Yale right now. 
Yale, Yale, Yale. Yale. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was right. meant to be. We went, had to go to a, uh, a a university college that rhymed with ale, and here we are. And I smuggled a couple beers onto the Metro North today. Yep. Yeah. We just finished our interview with Pierre Musa. Yeah. So this is a celebratory first tasting of the Two Cheaters Ale. As I'm reading this beautiful label that Stephen produced for the beer that says. Uh, brewed with 100% centennial hops from the Pacific Northwest and named after two displaced Midwesterners, mm-hmm. Josh and Brandon of the Always Cheating Podcast. And he does goes on. he live in San Francisco? Is that truly the Pacific Northwest? Well, he's that's where the uh, hops came from. Uh, right, right. You know, if, if we're if we're the split. man came from San Francisco, the hops came from the Northwest. Yeah, okay. and, uh, and and that's really a marriage made in heaven. There, Stephen and hops. He goes on to say, Two Cheaters Ale is perfectly balanced, like the podcast with the signature appeal of Josh and Brandon with their always cheating chant. Stephen <laughs> then says, "Remember, it's not cheating unless you get caught." Uh, <laughs> Not well, our logo. <laughs> Not our motto. <laughs> well, Josh, cheers to never getting caught, and cheers to Stephen. Let's take our first sip of two cheaters. I'm very out. excited. By the way, thank you, Stephen. Thank really you, Stephen. appreciate You're the man. it. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Mm. That is that is very good. You know, it tastes, it tastes like a Bell's. Any any as our American listeners, I don't know if Bell's is overseas, but it tastes like a Bell's Brewery Two Hearted Ale, but better somehow. I don't know if it's better because of my own vanity or because it actually <laughs> tastes better. But I'm really enjoying it. You're also tasting that love that Stephen put into it. I am tasting the love and a little bit of. I know Stephen is a longtime Watford fan, so I think you're tasting a little bit of Troy Deeney's essence <laughs> in I this beer. I'm not sure that I knew that home brewing could both look and taste so professional. Um, I am really, I'm very impressed with this. This is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of thing I could see you getting into, Brandon. This is like the kind of like immersive hobby that one day you too, when you like live like in your condo and have like a little, uh, <laughs> have a little like uh, rec room on the side. Yeah. The that, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like in New York, we have no space, no space. for such yeah. hobbies, but yeah. it, what appeals to me about home brewing is the cleanliness of it all and the, mm-hmm. the importance of cleaning everything top to bottom and removing, removing all the germs. I won't be so free of why, germs. This is why Breaking Bad was was so, so resonant with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was more into uh, how, how clean the uh, the um, the lab had to be. Uh, but I will never truly be free of all the germs until I'm rid of you, Josh. So <laughs> this this may never come to pass. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, there is a thriving beer community out there on FPL. So if you're if you're into brewing and into FPL. Uh, yeah, touch base with Steven at Sixth Goal, and he'll set you up with the the whole uh, community of brewers and football fans. All right, now you're just you're just rambling now. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, St- Stephen, thank you for the beer. It's delicious. Uh, neither of us have the beer palate to describe exactly why it's so delicious, but we're enjoying it. We're super impressed, uh, and it was an amazing gift, uh, one of the nicest ones. Up there with Jeff Petter getting us those T-shirts a couple of years ago. Indeed. Uh, the so bar, the bar has been raised. Uh, yeah, that's it, true. Beer it, T-shirts. What's next? Yeah, caught an automobile. Uh, I love to drive. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hail cheaters.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.